in like in their own minds because in in any I won't say any but in most like um non Lakers fans like from the outside looking in from a, I mean it's all subjective but I think most people would would say that LeBron already has a greater legacy than Kobe and winning a championship in LA is not like it, it doesn't matter whether he does that or not he's going to go down as is a greater player than Kobe Bryant um but you know these diehard Lakers fans like I feel like they still in their minds think Kobe's better they're always going to think Kobe's better and they don't want LeBron to win one there cuz like that's going to hurt their argument even more um but nevertheless do you think that do you think winning a championship, Jawan? Do you think LeBron winning a championship will calm these people down a little bit, or do you think that might just add more fuel to the fire? Um. Well, let me be clear on this. Any everyone who fears LeBron winning a championship in LA somewhat, I guess, knocks Kobe. The thing is, Kobe won five championships with the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron winning one does not diminish that whatsoever. Same way that Kobe winning five didn't diminish Magic or Magic uh, diminishing Jerry. Like, it it doesn't diminish the legacies before. I told you that I thought if LeBron won uh, two championships there, you can make an argument that he could possibly be the greatest player in a Lakers jersey. Um, well, I, mean, that I, I think that's uh, – yeah, I, God, I, I'm sorry. I think you said the greatest Laker of all time, and that was right. where me and Joel were like, hold the fuck on. Blasphemous. <laughs> right. Yeah. What, like, the reason – the reason I mean, I, I separate it, and this is just purely my opinion. I separate it. I think that uh, some of the Laker greats are, you know, the greatest champions – um, of that organization. I think LeBron James could, winning two championships, especially, even if he gets a Kawhi, keeping that roster somewhat uh, as it is, like let's say if they keep Lonzo, they keep Kuzma, um, LeBron just going, first of all, what he did in Cleveland was amazing, winning championship there, especially against the Warriors. But if he can go, and let's even just hypothetically this year, he can get this team, past Golden State and actually win a championship. We already put LeBron up there as, like, maybe one of the top, what, two greatest players of all time uh, up there. The debatable is Jordan. I don't see why it's a stretch that if he does something, like bring, a, bring two championships to L.A., especially this late in his career, why you then can't – I don't get why it's, it's hard to say the greatest player – uh, to some people, the greatest player ever can't be the greatest Laker ever. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's because the other Lakers brought multiple championships to that city. They played there their whole careers or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't know. So, right. Hello? I'm sorry. What did you say? I just said, yes, that's it. They played there oh, their okay. whole fucking sorry. career, dude. Like, but let me ask you, you like Magic and Kareem. Kobe are 1A and 1B uh, as far as greatest Lakers ever. Um, Kareem right. before but LeBron James joined them was the greatest player to ever be a Laker. Now LeBron holds that title, but like no, <laughs> I think I I can't I can't go there. I can't go like there will be no like 
he's going to play for them, what, max, like, six years tops before he retires? Like, do you give him more mm-hmm. than six years before he retires? Like, you can't well, no, be the greatest I- – the greatest, the greatest player of a franchise. If you only play for them for six years, it doesn't matter if you win. See, well, if you if you won six championships in six years, then maybe that but, that would be something. But no, to yeah. me, it's just it, it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me to because I look at it like this, Nick. Let's say uh, it, it's an argument of Tom Brady being the the greatest quarterback of all time, right? If Tom Brady went to let's say the Tennessee Titans. And no, let me not say the Tennessee Titans because I can't think of any great Titans. Um, let's say, uh, Joel, I'll throw you this. Let's say he goes to the Giants. Now, we know that there's a, a crap load of historic Giants players. Yeah, Would like you, Lawrence Taylor. If Tom Brady, right. If Tom Brady went there and won a championship in New York, are you then telling me people wouldn't look back and say, I think Brady might have been the greatest Giant of all time? Like, because he was there's the greatest no player that went no. to that. There's no chance. You don't even pass Eli. He was? No. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, Eli won two. What? And beat Brady yeah, twice. Yeah, Eli won like, two. And beat Brady twice to do it. <laughs> so you're telling me that the greatest player can't transition to being the greatest of that franchise? Not. Yeah, you know, another 10 years from now with five championships. Yeah, possibly. Right. I don't. I don't get like how you. Se- I, I don't get how you separate the two. Because you there's a difference, Juwan. What don't yeah, you get? Like I don't. I don't understand I don't how you get don't any of comprehend it. The greatest that. player. The greatest player in the of all time. You can't say is of the greatest time. of another franchise. That's arguably, arguably the best player of all time. But but that's okay. Here's a, here's a good example. Arguably. Here's a great example. Hey, here's a great example. Um, would you consider? Michael Jordan, the greatest either Washington Bullet or Washington Wizard player of all time. Can you tell me another Wizard or Bullet that's better than Michael Jordan? Yeah, like Jordan? Wes Unseld. Like Wes Unseld, I had a it's way better, better career than for Michael them. Jordan? Better no, 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 for no, no. the Wizards or the Bullets at the time? No, no. No, is he better than Michael Jordan? That's Tom Wall right I'm now saying. is better than I'm Michael saying, Jordan he, at that time. I'm saying is he the better – like who's the best – uh, Washington player of all time. That's a different question well, than yeah. just who is the greatest player. It's a totally different question. It is differently. Because it's a different question. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, to me, it's, when you look back and you go, man, look at all the great players that were ever a part of this franchise. And you look through all the greats that you named before, and then the last person you name is LeBron James. If he wins a championship or two there, he it, he can possibly be said to be the greatest Laker of all time because he's already no. one of the greatest players of all time. No, no, yeah, I could. The greatest Laker I just of all did. time. He wasn't drafted that makes there. No sense. I don't that even. No I don't sense. even Jack think LeBron James there. is the greatest Heat player of all time. Like, Dwayne Wade. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, people try to say that Shaq is the greatest Laker of all time, and he definitely wasn't drafted there. He was not drafted. I don't. I don't mean anything. He was a Laker, Laker for a long time. Yeah, and I don't. How many years, Joel? How many years, Joel? How many years? Shaq would be like like next on my list of greatest Lakers. No, Nick. What I'm saying is, 
That's that's purely by an opinion. It, it's and not. A it's not like he brought up dynasty. Yeah, but there's a difference between is, one man's opinion and a consensus opinion. No, but what I'm saying is, as we're not Laker fans, none of us are Laker fans. What I'm no. saying is, a Laker fan could could look at it if LeBron wins, I say two championships there. That he could have been the greatest player to ever be in a league. Yeah, sure, game. one fan, but not. I don't think that would ever be the consensus opinion. All right, that's what I'm saying. Okay, it will never be the consensus opinion that he's the greatest Lakers. Yeah, it's part. hard. Even All with right. two, it's going to be hard to say the best ever. It's very difficult. It's so, so you have all these players that were. If Durant goes to the Joel, to go the Knicks and wins two championships, we can't say that Durant is the greatest uh, player to ever be in a Knicks jersey. The Knicks are on different franchise. They haven't had championships yeah. in the seventies, but they've and had championships and they've had other players that you are think great Knicks players. <laughs> I still think Clyde the Clyde Frazier would would get the nod. Right. Just saying. Right. Um, Clyde Frazier. Walt Clyde Frazier is the best Nick of all time. Why? Because he has two championships. He was the best player in that fuck, team. Yes. But arguably, you can make yep. an argument that maybe Patrick Ewing was the best and never won a championship. You could you could make that argument. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's because he put in the time and the effort and the blood and the sweat, and he was there the whole time. You can't get that without being there. And now he's a Laker. He might win one or two, but with the Laker legacy, there's multiple champions. Like, one guy, Kobe has five by himself. <laughs> by himself. He has an 80-point game under his belt in L.A. He's the king of L.A. There's no way he takes that title from, from Kobe Bryant. No. No, or Magic Johnson for that matter. I think or you Magic. could debate either one of those or guys. Kareem. Like, they both won yeah, five. Those three. Yeah, because Kareem won five uh, with the Lakers as well. So, like, yeah, I, there's just – no, it's, it's not possible. But, anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, and, and this is exactly what Joel didn't want to happen. <laughs> for real, so, man. Rambling. <laughs> Some hot-ass cake right there. Again. Let's – Let's get back on track. Um, Joel, what do you think about um, – let's let's rein it back in. The Lakers fans, you know, that you got a lot of these Lakers fans who, who have never been fans of LeBron and they're kind of carrying this over. What do you think it's going to take for, you know, LeBron to win these over – win these people over? Do you think it will ever happen? Do you think winning a championship will win – uh, at least the majority of these people over, and they'll be like, oh, all right, like, you'll never be Kobe, but, you know, you, you want us to chip. Well, they're spoiled brat. Let's start with that. <laughs> Fucking get LeBron James. You get LeBron James, you complain? Fuck you. That's what I have to say. That, all right? That's some bullshit to start complaining over getting LeBron James. Um, but my problem is, Look, they might he might never win those stubborn ass people over because they're going to be stuck on Kobe and uh, forever. Fine, whatever. Yeah. My point is that he won the city already, and he hasn't even played a game. In my opinion, yeah. he's won the city over. It's like he's going to be. Look, that's his team right now. He's going to be the face of the franchise for the next couple of years. But by the, look, as long as they make the playoffs, everyone will shut the fuck up. I promise you, they'll be riding his dick just as much as they ride at everyone else's when they make the playoffs. It's, it's, it's just what what happens in the playoffs that's going to determine the outcome of how they feel about him later on. Does he get bounced in the first right. round? How good are they getting in? That's different. But as of right now, the whole process getting to the playoffs is going to be the fun part for them. 
They're gonna put. They're gonna be behind them regardless. Whatever happens, as long as they make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, that's that's a whole other ball game. That might be an issue. Yeah, I mean, and and the crazy thing is, like, as crazy as that sounds, like, you know, we saw LeBron carry just a ragtag fucking team all the way to the finals last season, but it was out of the East. The West, man, the West is so much better. There are 11, maybe 12 teams in the West that have a legit shot at making the playoffs. Like, maybe even 13. Like, I would say I, I would say Phoenix doesn't have a shot. Memphis doesn't have a shot. Dallas doesn't have a shot. The Kings don't have a shot. So that leaves, what, 11? That leaves, yeah, like 11 legitimate About- shots. And, and like, Phoenix, like, that's kind of a coin toss. Dallas, with, I mean, it really depends on how good uh, Doncic is. Like, I mean, there's, there's like, I would, I would feel very comfortable in saying Sacramento, no chance. Like, but me- even Memphis got better. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, like. Do you think the like, Clippers have a shot? I do. Um, I, um, I do. Maybe. I think, the, I think, I think the Clippers have a legitimate shot. Um running back this team, the team that they have now with the depth that they have, it'll depend on how good their young guys um they do got, step they up, got but, depth for sure. Yes. Uh but losing DeAndre Jordan, you know, hurts undoubtedly. Like that's that mm-hmm. that stings for them. Um but you know, Gortat's serviceable. Um they still have Lou sure. Williams who can drop fifty any given fucking night. Uh they'll have Patrick Beverly back. Um Yep. You know, Tobias really good Harris. defensive backcourt. Yeah, and uh, you know Tobias Harris, Gallinari, if he can stay healthy. Um, no, yeah. I mean they got a they got a good team. Sam Decker. They re-signed Montrezl. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I I think they got a I think they got a shot. I mean I I I'm not gonna pick them to make the playoffs, but I think they got a shot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think them making the playoffs will. Um, kind of go a long way. It'll be crazy to, to see if they don't make the playoffs. So, um, yeah, and, it, nuts, it, and it's a legit possibility. Like, okay, you just look at the teams that made it last year. Um, and then you take, say, Denver uh, would be the nine. Uh, and then the Lakers would have to jump Denver, jump San Antonio, jump Utah, jump, uh, you know, one of those teams, OKC, one of those teams that's, like, on the fringe, they need to jump two of them. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's as crazy as it sounds, it, it certainly could happen. I, I don't foresee it happening. I mean, I just think LeBron's too fucking good to, to miss the playoffs. But this could be – this could definitely be the first year that he loses in the first round. Like, and that's um, that's kind of been one of the big uh, – big um, – up upticks or upsells on his uh, on his legacy is that he's never lost in the first round of the playoff. Um, it's true. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I think um, I think essentially I, time time will make things better. I think people are kind of overreacting to you know a small group of people um, you know who are basically just kind of assholes and they're like, like you said Joel hmm. like Fuck you, <laughs> like fuck you. If you if you're upset about getting LeBron, like you're you're fucking so spoiled. Like, would you like would, did you, would you be 
I, I legitimately think like these people would be way happier if they had gotten Paul George and LeBron like stayed in Cleveland or went somewhere else. <laughs> like, and it's like, dude, like really? Like, um, crazy. Yeah, it is. But you know, that's, that's, that's the way it is, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think I expect them to make the playoffs. I, I, I think they could maybe make the second round. I don't see them getting any further than that. Um, but uh, but I could see them making the playoffs, and or I could see them advancing to the second round in the playoffs. I think they will make the playoffs. And, you know, it's all about what they do next year, what they're able to pull up next year, and if they're able to get some talent around them. Maybe if something happens with uh, Golden State, you know, Clay and KD can both uh, move on at the end of next season. So maybe one or two, one or both of them, decide to seek, you know, new avenues as far as their careers are concerned. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think ultimately it's, I think LeBron really has to win a championship in LA to, um, to win these guys over, to win the, the bulk of, you know, the diehard Kobe fans over. Like if LeBron wins a chip there, they're going to, they're still not going to elevate him above Kobe. Um, which they shouldn't as far as his Lakerdom. Um, they should as far as just, you know, greatness. Um, but they won't. But that's fine. Um, and I and you you would have to think LeBron knows that too. Um, but I think he wins a championship there. He he's gonna get all the treatment. Like it it's they're gonna love him in LA, even those diehard Kobe fans. And there will be a few who will be like, man, fuck LeBron. And then, you know, all their buddies will just laugh at him and be like, you're fucking stupid, dude. He fucking won us a championship. We're like, shut the fuck up. Um, but, uh, but you know, you got one in every crowd at least. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. We've, we've already, uh, like, just sponged up, like, uh, coincidentally about 23 minutes uh, on that first topic. Um, but uh, anyway, let's, let's move on. Michael Porter Jr., underwent a second back surgery and has no timetable for a return to the court. Oh man, this sucks. This, and, and like, it really paints the picture of how he just continually fell in the draft. Obviously there was something going on with his medical that a lot of teams were just like, "Eh, eh, no, I, no, I'm not that. That's just too risky. He's got back problems. Deshaun, he he needs. He he's not even healthy now, and of course Denver, you know, came along and was like, "Fuck it, like we're picking him at 14." Like, I mean, if, if it if it doesn't go right, like fine, it doesn't go right. It's only the 14th pick, you know. Um, but it sucks, man. He he's having to get a, a second back surgery, and prop my guess would be he's probably going to miss the season. If he just had to get a second back surgery, my at least my guess would be Denver would choose to kind of treat him like the Sixers did Ben Simmons and say, "We're just going to sit you out this year, learn everything, learn how the league works, learn the traveling schedule and all this other kind of stuff, like travel with the team, familiarize yourself with your teammates, all that jazz, and then we'll play you next year." Um, but Joel. How concerned are you about, you know, this news that 
ultimately he, he's had to get a second back surgery and currently has no t- timetable uh, as far as his recovery. Well, um, from the outside looking in, uh, from as, as, as a fan of the game, I feel for him. That sucks. Uh, no one likes that. No one likes to see an injured player, especially uh, one that might be. If he really is going to be out for like the whole season, that really sucks. Because it's your rookie year, you want to be there. And they, you know, if anything, the Sixers missed out on another guy they can put away for. Look who it got an All Star two years later, just because you know <laughs> they had call. to book him. You know, but you know, Philly, you know, said fuck it, we want to do something else. <laughs> and uh, Denver took the. Well, team. hey, they got that Miami um, pick out of what they did, so that's looking nice. That's for them. true. That's true, and but and look, Denver has they could do it. Denver, we expect them to be a playoff team with or without them. Period. I do at least. And um, I don't know, just, man. I think they might be. I, I just can't imagine. Look, they should have. They could have. They could have. Should have did it last year. <laughs> they, they should be able to do it. Let this me ask. Year. Let me ask opinion. you this. Just real a real quick side note. Who do you think has the better odds of making the playoffs this year, Denver or Minnesota? Hmm. Motherfucker. I like both of them. And I think they when they play each other to get into the playoffs at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's what they did last year. I think it'll probably be the same this year. Except, you know what? My only thing, are you you got two things you can bank on now. Because basically what happens is um, you, you've got a healthy Paul Millsap. Right. right. you got a, a Will Barton who's going to become a starter. And now you have Isaiah Thomas as your sixth man. As long as you're right. healthy... They're going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. If they if injury becomes an issue for them, there's a chance they might fall out again. And I think Minnesota will have that edge. But as of right now, right now, I might give the edge to Minnesota because they are now they've already been there the first year. It's a matter of doing it the second year. My biggest issue with Minnesota is chemistry. Do they like each other? I'm not sure that's a thing at the moment. But who knows? I'm not totally sure. I'm also kind of weary about their depth. But aside from that, I think they're almost kind of evenly matched. Weirdly enough. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think um, I think I would slightly favor Denver if all parties are healthy um, because right. of the chemistry issue. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a toss-up. And the thing is, they could both miss the playoffs. Like, I mean, you have to think the West is going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard for us to, like, try to predict who's going to make the playoffs this yeah. season. I mean, you got to think Golden sure. State, Houston – San Antonio, OKC, I, I feel like those are safe locks. Like, the, I, I feel like those would be my four. If I had to pick four teams that I'm positive are going to make the playoffs, those would be my four right. picks. And then after that, it's like you got the Lakers, you got Minnesota, you got Utah, you got Denver. Utah. You, sure, yeah. uh, um, who am I missing here? Uh, uh, New Orleans. uh the, the Clippers, um, like yeah, there's just there's a there's once a lot you get of there, teams. That's I mean, I to, yeah, once you get to the Clippers, they start to teeter a little bit. So like I don't know if I trust them. I, I like them. I like the depth, but I, star power. They're gonna lose out to the other teams that do have more star power. I think it's what's gonna happen. I go Portland. Portland surprised the shit out of me last year, and they turned out there to be you one, go. the third there's, best team in that league. Fucking yeah, out of there's, nowhere. There's the other team. So that's ten teams. Minus the Clippers. Like, the Clippers would be the 11th. So that's 10 teams right. in the West that should all be playoff teams, and but they're not. They're not going to be. 
And it's just, it's fucking ridiculous, right. man. We need to we we now more than ever we need to get to a system where it's just the best sixteen teams. Um, because <laughs> like you 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 can't tell me that the seventh and eighth seed in the East are better than the ninth and tenth seed in the West. They're just not. They're just like they're just not. Um, well, they shouldn't. The be. top ten. Yeah, the top ten teams in the West and the top six teams in the East is what it should be. Um, but what are you going to do? Uh, Juwan, Michael Porter Jr., second back surgery, no timetable for a return. Um, what what do you think about this? Um, do you think he'll, he'll sit out the whole season just as a cautionary measure? And, you know, do you think this kind of points out as to why so many people passed on him? And, you know, do you ultimately think that um, these, these first 13 teams were right to pass on him? Um, I, I personally say I didn't watch him in college, so I'm going to preface it with that. But well, I he think only kind played of like more three so... games. <laughs> oh, well then, so then why did people think he was going to be drafted so high if he only played by three games? Because he was the number one prospect coming out of high school. Yeah. Oh, out of high school. Oh, wait, what? Oh, then what? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he was, completely he was the number one prospect going, going into college. Like, Right. And then only so, played like, three games, and then people were shocked that a guy with injury issues who only played three games in college didn't go, what, top five or top ten? I'm, I'm, I'm not getting man. how that's a shocker. Yeah, I'm not getting how that's a shocker, I mean, but okay. He was, uh, he was the best player out of high school. <laughs> He's been comp to Kevin Durant. Yeah, but... That's true. Okay. That's uh, how the draft works, man. Me, that's how the draft works. To me, grading a guy off high school has only been, like, valid <laughs> with, like, LeBron. Like That's, like, the only time I, I can imagine a guy getting that much hype from high school enough for someone to go, all right, well, that, that guy definitely has to be, like, top uh, five, you're, or if not the yeah, number one like, pick. You don't, you don't follow high school, like, in college like me and Joel do. Like, um, like it's, a, it's a big deal when, when like, like, when colleges try to recruit people, if they get the number one player in the nation, like, out of high school, right. that's a big yeah. So, and like that's that what Z- Zion, well, Zion you know, Mitchell not, guy, you know, that you like, oh, what's his name, Zion Williams? Yeah, Zion. Oh, yeah, Zion I'm, I'm not knocking it. Yeah, you like him. You've never seen him play no, college not, yet. No, RJ I'm Barrett's not knocking dude, it. Though. Hold on. I'm not uh, knocking it. I'm saying I'm not shocked that a guy who only played three games in college that has right. an injury issue wasn't selected top ten. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. That does not shock me. That would make sense. Um, yeah. You, you didn't see enough. To, I mean, Annie has injury issues, so it's like I don't know if I'm taking a risk on that. I think the prolong the prolonged injury concern is, is the big thing. You know, it's not that they didn't yeah. see enough see, of them. It's that they're see, concerned that the injuries that injuries. he has are going yeah. to um, prevent him from achieving his potential. Right. See, I get that. I get that, and let me just start by saying I'm not comparing the two, but sometimes talent is worth that risk. I mean, you look at Embiid, and Embiid did have uh, injury issues, but the Sixers felt as though if, if we can get him healthy, if we can get him even remotely close to being healthy, 
he could be exactly what Joel Embiid turned out to be. I feel I feel like no one was was confident enough in him actually like living up to that that hype and and the expectations that I guess was put on him coming out of uh, of high school. No one wanted to take that risk because we all know that there's usually one team desperate enough to be to be willing to to put all the chips in the middle of the table uh, yeah. on the possibility of what someone especially, could be. So I especially ahead, on a wing, especially on a wing player with with that being such a like a a, a coveted asset in today's NBA wing players. Um, right. So in in that in that respect. I think you're probably right. Like him only playing three games in college probably had a big had a had an impact on that, with a lot of questions still remaining because Joel Embiid played a, a ton of games in college. He didn't get hurt until the end of his season uh, in college, right. and I think that ultimately is why the Sixers still were so high on him. Um, whereas you know with Michael Porter Jr. they like. Scouts never really got to see him compete against uh, an upper level of talent from the, the high school game. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, I as just, far as yeah. you know, college. I looked right. at it as far as if the talent, if the talent is there enough, uh, a franchise because usually franchises that have an opportunity to pick one through ten usually are the ones that you could kind of depend on to make those very. Um, just like, I don't want to say boneheaded uh, decisions, but they're willing to take those risks. Usually they're, they're willing, willing to roll someone the dice, that, though. Right. Someone in that top ten is willing to roll the dice on someone uh, who has the potential, even if they do have an injury issue. So I think a lot of teams yeah. just were nervous about what his possible ceiling is. Like, what if his ceiling isn't as high as we were assuming it was coming out of high school? You know? So, I and mean, back I think injuries that are serious. In the NBA, man. Yeah. Back injuries they can, are they can linger. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. But I'm saying, if if his talent was was like support, I mean not support, but was so phenomenal, someone would have felt as though if they could have gotten a few good seasons out of him being healthy, it would have been worth it. It would have been worth it to draft him uh, a, a lot higher. I think a lot of teams just were like, nah. I think there's just talent in other areas uh, that that we'd rather just bet on than that. Um, because, like I said, we've yeah, seen a lot of players. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And this is just a really deep draft. Whereas I think Embiid was taken mm. in 2013. I think. I'm pretty sure it was because this is the first year of his contract extension, and this was mm-hmm. also the first year of. Well, no, it's 14. It was 14 because uh, Wiggins and Parker just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2014, so you had Wiggins, you had Parker, you had Embiid, um, and then after that, there's not a whole lot of people in in that draft, you know, that that stick out in my mind off the top of my head. So, you know, I think I think the fact that this was such a deep draft also kind of hurt uh, MPJ stock. So, um, anyway, uh, uh, your right, your your final thoughts though, uh, Jawan. No, that that was just pretty much it. I was just saying uh, most of the time, uh, usually in a draft, one through ten, the talent is that great. A team would, would have taken that risk. Uh, I think teams just weren't confident uh, in that high ceiling that a lot of us uh, – well, a lot of 
people thought he had coming out of high school. I just think people weren't willing to take that that gamble. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. I think um, at least to some extent, I think the back end, you know, the back injuries, um, and the fact that he had to have back surgery, and now we find out that he had to have a second back surgery. You know, that's 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 like like Joel said, back back injuries are serious. Um, but I will give you some credence in the fact that like it, it does it does still seem kind of crazy that. He dropped to 14 if he was the number, being that he was the number one prospect out of high school. And I think I don't. I think I think part of I think there is is, is part of that conversation is probably has to do with not only the back injury, but people being like, you know, is is he really as good as we thought he was coming out of high school? How many people do you know we have coming out of high school that are ranked really high and then they go to college and then, you know, they're, you know, we see them play against another level of talent and we're like, well, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. So, and being that scouts didn't really have the opportunity to assess that there's, there's fair enough that there would be a question there. So, but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, this sucks. I, I feel for MPJ. I wish them the best as I'm sure we all do. And, um, hopefully he comes back, you know, uh, I, I, I hope they just let him sit out this season and let him come back next season and fingers crossed he can win rookie of the year next year. <laughs> just, it's just possible. like Ben Simmons. It is possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's move on. Tobias Harris turned down an $80 million contract extension from the Los Angeles Clippers, opting instead to test free agency next season. I'm guessing this was a four-year extension, $20 million a year. That seems I – didn't, I didn't see anything to add the years on it, but that seems like what it would be. Um, if I'm Tobias Harris, i got to be – I at least got to strongly consider a, a four – like a $20 million a year, four-year contract extension because, like, with the amount of free agents that are going to be hitting the market next season – and the limited amount of cap space that there is between teams, it, there's just not enough cap space to go around. And, you know, he might end up losing his leverage by holding out here. I I kind of think this was a mistake. I think he should have actually taken the contract extension. Um, at, like, $80 million, especially if it was all guaranteed. No, we don't know that, but... If it was $80 million over four years, all guaranteed, I think I probably would have taken that because I don't necessarily think you're going to get any more than that on the market, and I think it actually could end up costing him money just because there's so many great players out there. Um, Joel, how do you see this? Do you think he was smart not to take the extension? Do you think he could maybe get more on the open market? Or, you know, do you – like maybe maybe a team like the Nets will come up, come along and say we ain't gonna give you a max, but we'll give you more than eighty million. Um, so that's a possibility, I suppose. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a risky proposition. What are your thoughts? I think he's way more confident in himself than I am in him. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it was a risk. It's a high risk, like you were just saying. I think for sure. Um, 
he probably should have taken it just because things dried up real quick this season. I know there'll probably there'll be a lot more money next year to throw around, and maybe that's what a he's banking on. Like not a says. lot more though, because that's the thing. The yeah, 2016 probably... contracts are still mm-hmm. all on the books. So all of those atrocious 2016 contracts are still floating around somewhere. So, but I have to imagine there are probably more teams that'll be available, and then not all the teams yeah, are going to get the players they want. So, like, like you were just saying, correct. I think there might be a team. There will, yes, <laughs> there will be more teams with cap space than there were. There will be more more teams with adequate cap space this upcoming off season than last off season. Mm-hmm. But you also yeah. have to figure. You also have to look at the amount of free agents that are coming up this offseason. There are so fucking many free agents hitting the market this season. And that's the thing that scares me for Tobias Harris. No, I don't disagree with you. I I totally get it. We were just talking about it earlier. I'm like, the next year's free agent season is going to be insane. And and so now he's part of that mix. And I don't know. I think that's why I agree. I think he might, might have made a mistake in not taking the money now because I don't know if there's gonna that that demand is gonna be there next year. But he's banking on himself to do it. So I mean, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, and, and like I really liked Tobias Harris. I thought um, he really had a breakout year last year. He played phenomenal for Detroit and pretty much kept kept up solid play with the Clippers. Had to get kind of re, uh, had to get integrated into a, a a new system with new players around him, and I have no doubt that he's going to play better than you know this season than, than how he played last season for the Clippers. But still, also like you know, you, you never know about injury and other things like that. Like that's eighty million dollars. Like I I don't see Tobias Harris as more than a twenty million dollar a year player. Like that's my problem. Like I think twenty million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I mean, I think $20 million is, like, fair. Like, I don't think it's it's underselling his, his value or his potential. I don't I, I don't think it's overshooting it. Um, but, you know, he probably looks at a guy like Zach Levine, who just got four years, $78 yeah. million. Yep. It's like that's exactly you know, what like, it is. But at the same time, how how many times has that cost people? Look at Nerland's Noel. It's- like, Nerlens yeah, Noel yeah, had a yeah, great yeah. contract offer from Dallas that he turned down because he saw all these other guys the year before get these big deals who were washed-up players, and it was like, dude, you were reading the market all wrong, bro. Like, take that money. Um, and I think we could be seeing a similar thing here with Tobias Harris. But uh, like you said, Joel, he's betting on himself. So roll that dice. Roll that dice, Tobias. Clippers, like, too. They're going to need to yeah. keep somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing that kind of surprised me is that they were off, that they even offered the extension. Like, um, you know, I mean, I know they need to keep some people, but you know, if they if they sign him, like there goes your there goes yeah. your Kawhi money, right? Like, you know, that tells like you a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. It, well, yeah, it does. Um, maybe uh, maybe maybe Kawhi staying in Toronto ain't as far fetched as uh, maybe uh, somebody on this panel. Um, but anyway, let's not go there. I was just 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 a harmless clip. Um, Juwan, Tobias Harris turned down an eighty million dollar extension from the Clippers. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are <clears throat> he's surveying and he's saying uh, exactly what I thought when I heard that he turned it down. 
Um, if he plays like really, really, really well this uh, this season, I don't think any of us think he's gonna make the All Star team. But if he plays really good this season, not in the West uh, for the Clippers, uh, what could happen is there's a lot of teams that think they're in the market for Durant. They think they're in the market for uh, you know Kyrie Butler. A lot of these guys, and they're going to <laughs> they're not gonna get them. So when they don't, they're gonna look for second tier. Boom, Tobias. Like they're gonna win for somebody. <laughs> Um, so if I was Tobias, I'm not necessarily yeah. thinking like that, but I'm thinking more so I can play myself into a really good situation. Um, but the way I looked at it was there's going to be a lot of teams that think to have, whether it's cap space for one guy or possibly two guys, they're going to think that they, that they can land these guys. And then when they don't, it's going to be like, all right, well, we got to get something. And you mentioned it before. I think the Nets are probably one of the teams that will overpay for a Tobias Harris uh, and put him on that roster um, once they strike out uh, with the with the, the top-tier names. I could see them landing on a Tobias Harris and paying him probably a little bit more than he think he should be getting. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think – I'm sorry, Joe. No, I'm agreeing. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so I mean, it, like I said, if I'm Tobias, and I'm pretty sure his agent probably told him, like, no, no, hold out. Let's – Let's see. I mean, <laughs> let's see what we can do next year, and uh, we'll find something probably better. Um, but if you're saying, Nick, that, you know, no team <laughs> logically should be paying him more than, uh, uh, what were you saying, like 20 a year, right? Yeah. 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 I'm saying teams, when they get desperate, we've seen that they're willing to overpay uh, sure. players that, Aren't even. I mean, Luol Deng got crazy contract. Timothy Mozgov, uh, Joe yeah, that's, Noah. That's, so I'm, that's no, 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 no. You can't bring up 2016. That's that's not fair. <laughs> 2016 is a fucking anomaly of a year. Guess, that's the same no, thing no, I was no. saying I'm with speaking... with Nerlens Noel. Like Nerlens Noel <laughs> turning down like a no, four no. year, seventy million dollar contract because he he wanted more because of you know Luol Deng's contract or or Joe Kim Noah's like. That that cost him so much money. That was stupid. No, I'm saying in respect of players that you look at and you go, "What? No, 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 no! Why are you giving him?" I get that what you're saying. Money. I'm just saying. I'm um, saying you got to bring up, like, bring up Zach Levine. You can't bring up any contract signed in 2016 because with the cap spike and everything, it was there was just so many bad contracts that year because of that cap spike, and it just. Like, it, it's a bad right, it's, but it's a it's an anomaly. Yeah. The analogy that I'm making is those bad contract signings were because of uh, desperation. Like they were looking to bring in guys, and I'm saying you could get that with the Lakers. But it, you could get but it wasn't. It wasn't just <laughs> desperation though. It was the fact that the cap boomed, and teams thought the cap was going to keep going up, and it didn't. It leveled off. Like so, it's not as simple as desperation. Okay, well, That's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. just saying Tobias Harris can definitely, if if with him turning this down, play play your heart out, and I'm pretty sure that you can uh, dupe one of these these uh, uh, teams into giving you something that we pretty much think that he doesn't deserve, uh, a la the, the Nets. I'm almost 100% sure he will end up with the Nets next year. <laughs> it does seem fitting, doesn't it? Like, like Kimba Walker and Tobias Harris join forces on the Nets to to form the best ever 
team that doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I could see it happening. Like you know, you get you know your two fringe playoff caliber guys, um, and and pay them both max salaries. Uh, but then again, Sean Marks may be. We might be selling Sean Marks short. Sean Marks seems pretty smart. He might he might uh, not go down that road though. You know, I'm sure Sacramento will offer him more than $80 million a season to come be their small forward. Um, so there is still that. Uh, but, you know, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, Isaiah Thomas reportedly, and Juwan, you were uh, the one who brought this up, so I'm going to give you the lead on this, reportedly wanted to return to the Boston Celtics before eventually signing with the Denver Nuggets. Um your thoughts on it and, and um, if you could like, you know, elaborate, you know, to our audience, um, you know, how you came about this news. Um, I did see it on um, the, uh, on, on an Instagram feed and I originally was just like, yeah, no, there's no way this could be true. I was just like, why, why, how would he think, especially after the whole Marcus Smart sign, I'm like, where would you play, dude? Like, I mean, you're not going to tell Kyrie, hey, we're going to pull back on a little bit of your minutes. You're not going to say that to Terry Rozier. Well, keep in, and you dog keep in mind that, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Keep in mind that Thomas signed with the Nuggets before the Marcus Smart signing was official. So, Yeah, but if I'm Boston, like, Isaiah has to think about this. If I'm Boston, and they also did report that um, uh, Isaiah didn't give Boston enough time to actually figure out if they could do something with them. But if I'm Boston, at no point would I ever jeopardize the possibility of keeping Marcus Smart to bring back a feel-good story. Like, I'm I'm, I'm just not doing that. Like, I'm not risking that. Like, if I can keep Marcus Smart, I'm 100% keeping Marcus Smart. Absolutely. Um, But, I mean, I I love that. I think Isaiah needed to to do something like that uh, because I think he was somewhat getting a, a bad rep. Uh, he needed to come out and seem like the kind of guy who has no hard feelings, does not hate the organization, doesn't hate Danny. Uh, he'd be more than happy to come back. And who knows? If Kyrie leaves, maybe that'll be your opening. <laughs> so, you know, you, you never know. You possibly could, could end up back <laughs> yeah, there. You um, never know, so exactly. <laughs> you never know. So, I mean, you only signed a one-year deal, and Kyrie seeming like he wants to be anywhere but Boston. Um, so, I wouldn't say that, but. Well, no, it, it, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I'm, I'm just saying there is a possibility for Isaiah to end sure. up back with the Celtics. It just sure. wouldn't have been. They'd welcome him back with open <laughs> arms, man. Absolutely. You lose Kyrie, if Isaiah could be even half of what he was two years ago, they would definitely bring him back with open arms, and he would take and, it. And, but there would be no could, Brinks truck. And he could back up – Terry Rozier. <laughs> Terry, yeah. There would be um, there'd be no Brinks truck. It'd be like one of those little Hot Wheels cars bringing him a check. That's that's what it would be. There'd be no Brinks truck. It would be it would be drastically different than what he thought he was going to be getting uh, two years ago. But I mean, I, like I said, I do like this for his image. Uh, and if I was him, I would go to Denver. Um, embrace that sixth man and completely show the league that I am willing to be a team player. 
to earn my way back into uh, a decent contract because that's what he's working for now is, is at least a decent contract. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say absolutely. I mean, that's what he needs to be focused on right now is is just contributing to a a playoff team, which is which is why I kind of can buy some of this story. Like, it, it, it when I first thought about it, I was like, really? You're going to go back to the team that, quote-unquote, betrayed you and, you know, they're, they misdiagnosed your injury and yada, yada, yada. But you have to think, they fired all of their medical staff after that happened. So, obviously, like, what, whatever that medical staff had determined, like, the organization felt like, whether it was, you know, to save face or whether it was because they genuinely were like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, why would you jeopardize, you know, our, like, you just jeopardized a guy who was our star player. Um, and fortunately enough for us, we were able to, you know, go fucking Cleveland into, you know, giving us Kyrie uh, for him and other pieces. But, like, that wasn't set in stone, you know. So, like, fuck all y'all, y'all are all fired, you know what I mean? And um, so the fact that they're gone, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, it is a business and the fact that um, Isaiah Thomas just had such few options uh, leads me to think that maybe he did want to do it. And I think a big part of that was if you, hey, if if Marcus Smart signs somewhere else and y'all don't want to match it, like, I'll come back and play for y'all on, you know, a one-year deal at, like, say, he probably would have wanted more than than the the league minimum from them. He probably, like, if Marcus Smart had left, they could have paid him the, the um, mid-level exception, which would be, like, $8 million, or at least the luxury tax exception, which would be, like, $5.3 million. But I could see that, like, had Marcus Smart left, like, that was the big thing. Like, had that happened, like then, yeah, you could have used Isaiah Thomas in that sense. Um, obviously, very different player than Marcus Smart, but, like, you could kind of try to utilize Terry Rozier as your defensive two-guard slash combo, like combo guard type player and then use Isaiah Thomas more strictly as your backup point guard. Um, it, I mean, it could have worked. I, I definitely think it could have worked in that scenario. But ultimately... Um, like you said, Juwan, he, he didn't really give him the time. Um, you know, I think he probably saw the writing on the wall and, and opted to sign with Denver. And, you know, being that they, you know, eventually did bring him back, did bring Marcus Smart back, there is no place for him on the team with the roster that they currently have. Um, but, Joel, uh, what did you think when you first heard this news? I wasn't super surprised. I think that's, I think like you guys are saying, uh, I think because Marcus Smart wasn't signed yet and just in case they lose him, there was going to be a spot there possibly for him to, to get some minutes. Um, you know, I don't know if I still wouldn't have loved the, the, the pairing there again, but it is what it is. I, he loves Boston. Uh, he says he held, he holds no regrets. I commend him for that because a lot of people <laughs> say fuck them. Um, but it is what it is. Like now he's in Denver. Uh, he's, I, that's not a bad spot for him. I also would have liked him in New Orleans. I thought that would have been a good spot for him. But mm. he's in Denver. Be the sixth man. You got to do what you got to do, man. Always been underpaid for the talent that 
for what he can bring to the table, he's always been undervalued and underpaid. Hopefully mm-hmm. he can have a bounce back year. Uh, it didn't work well at all for him in Cleveland. He did have a decent time in L.A. when he was there. But it's just the fit wasn't there. Chemistry wasn't there in, in Cleveland. But, yeah, hopefully he has a bounce back here in Denver. Yeah, yeah, we all hope so because I think we're all, like, whether we think it's going to happen or not, we all kind of have our fingers crossed that he's going to be the sixth man of the year because that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that so would be exactly – I mean, that would just be what we – I think what any kind of M, just NBA fans in general would want to see. Like, let's let's see this guy have a great year, win an accolade like sixth man of the year, and then play himself into probably not even a contract he deserves, but, you know, a contract that is, you know, at least reasonable for a guy of his talent. At least um, Lou Williams money, man. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Lou Williams money. Like that's what that's that's what we want at, at the least for Isaiah Thomas because the man deserves it. I mean he he, right. he certainly does. I don't think he's ever made more than seven million dollars in a season. Like that's Crazy. fucked up. Man <laughs> that's real off, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, the man was fifth in M V P voting. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Um but uh, but yeah, uh, best wishes to it and uh, we're we're rooting for you over there in Denver. Uh, moving on, Alex Lynn agreed to a two-year, $8.5 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. In addition, uh, Chris Biblemore, I think is his how you pronounce his last name, of the Atlanta Journal Constitution reported the deal may not be finalized <laughs> for a little while due to Atlanta trying to conduct another three-team trade. Uh, so I guess uh, essentially they they have the prospects of something in the works. Now, whether it's going to happen or not, who knows. Um, but, uh, but they're waiting to sign him until they can see if they can pull off this deal is, is essentially what Bivlamore of the AJC is, has been reporting. Um, so this is kind of a – Really more of a, a one-part question for y'all, and then I'm going to get to ramble a little bit about this. But feel free to chime in on the um, you know, potential uh, three-team trade that Atlanta uh, is working on, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, but Alex Lynn, two years, $8.5 million deal with the Hawks. Joel, uh, what did you think about uh, this signing for the Hawks? I liked it. I mean, I, I don't hate Len. I know a lot of people uh, lost faith in him. They thought he was a waste. But I saw him have some good games in Phoenix. He's a big guy, still relatively young. I thought it was a decent signing for the price. Uh, you can't really go wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I looked at it. Um, uh, when when y'all first told me about it, I think you did, Joel, I, um, I was hoping it was a one-year deal. And you told me it was a two-year deal, and I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. And you were like, only eight point five million. I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. Like eight point five million in <laughs> two years. Like, uh, I'm yeah. mad at it. Like, because a, we don't have a center other than Plumley, um, who, who's on the books next season. Like Deadman, right. Deadman is, is off the books. Uh, Mascala is traded, and. You know, having a guy like Alex Lynn, like Lynn could be a starter. Like he 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 would be like he's gonna back up Deadman this year if the roster remains at, intact. But he right. he has the potential to be a starter. And if you get a guy like him on, say, you know, 
uh, you know, maybe we pay him what four point five million this year and four million next year is kind of what I'm hoping, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, any bad? That's not bad at all. My guess is if we we're gonna try to clear the cap to sign him, but if we don't clear uh, the, the cap to sign him with whatever trade we're trying to pull off, then ultimately we'll use the the um, non-tax level or what's it called? Um, essentially, the the player exception that teams who aren't uh, over the cap can use. I forget exactly the title for it, um, but uh, and that's essentially the max you can give. In that scenario, is a two-year contract worth nine million dollars. So we got him for two, two years, eight point five. So, um, you know, if we could, if we could have that be a descending contract as well um, to to keep as much cap space for next year as possible, um, that would be ideal. Um, but yeah, I mean, solid player, uh, still has potential, still really young, um, and gets rebounds. If nothing else, he gets rebounds. And you know that's True. that's obviously something that um, that every team needs. You know, so yeah, uh, I'm cool with it too. Juwan, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Lynn signing to a two-year, $8.5 million deal with the Hawks, or agreeing? To <clears throat> I yeah, no, I I agree with Joel. Uh, I like Lynn also. Uh, I think it's <clears throat> a pretty good signing uh, for you guys. I am way more interested in what this uh, three-team trade is. Um, and if Nick, you finally get your wish of getting Baysmore out of there, <laughs> uh, yes, I am a hundred percent more interested in that than anything. Because uh, I definitely say getting getting Baysmore out of there uh, and us getting Noah out of New York are definitely the two biggest things uh, on my mind, and I'm pretty sure on your mind before heading yes. into the actual season. Uh, so I'm just I'm really curious about that three team trade and Nick, I really hope you get uh, you get your your wish granted and you get Baysmore out of there. Yeah, and I I've got a I've got a mock trade that I think could pull it off. Um, I, I've given up uh, like I've looked at way too many ways that we could try to move Plumley, and I just don't I don't fucking see it, man. Plum like. He's just $12.5 million of nothing. <laughs> like, um, like $12.5 million isn't that much, but I just don't see anybody, not not without us giving up assets, you know, like actually decent assets in order to move in, which we're not in the position to do. So I've given up on that one. But as far as Bays, I think uh, essentially like a three-team trade in which uh, as far as the players are concerned – uh, Kim Bazemore would go to New Orleans. Solomon Hill would go to the Kings, and uh, the uh, Hawks would take back Amon Shumpert from the Kings and Alexi Agencia from the Pelicans. There would have to be some picks uh, sent towards Sacramento in order to get it done. Um, I think probably. I would say the Pelicans would probably be willing to send a second rounder to upgrade their team like that. Agencia is fucking useless and has no place on their roster. Um, like they have five better potential players at the five than him, and he just he's terrible. And uh, Amon Shumper is like the, the Kings never wanted him. He was just 
he was a, a, a contract that they had to take in order to move George Hill. And so they took it um, so they could get Joe Johnson, who was an expiring contract. Like that was the whole reason that that deal went down. Um, plus, you know, they have Bogdanovich, they have Buddy Heald, um, they just brought back Ben McLemore. They have no reason for Shumpert. Whereas Solomon Hill nope. would fit kind of a need for them at the three. Uh, they don't have a legit starting three. And, you know, I know they just signed Bielitsa, and we'll get to that, but he's more of a stretch four. He's not really ideally a starting three. Uh, And then they have Justin Jackson, but I I don't think Justin Jackson is much more than a backup in the NBA. Like, just personally, that's, that's just how I see him. So I think Solomon Hill could be someone that they could use now. The thing is, they're going to want the draft picks in order to take on a, a two-year deal, and, 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 and they're giving up a one-year, uh, an expiring contract. But because he fits a position that they need, I think, I think it could be done. My, my, basically, my proposal would be the Pelicans send them a second-round pick. Um, I'm going to say 2020 um, because, you know, that, that could fit the mold of, you know, when they – if they lose AD, like that could be right around the time it happens, and you know that that could be a valuable pick uh, for Sacramento, um, and then get a 2019 second from Atlanta, probably the Charlotte pick. Maybe you could go them into the worst of the Minnesota or LA picks, which the uh, the Hawks own. They own the lesser. Um, or the less favorable, if you will, of those two picks, second rounders from Minnesota or uh, LA. Uh, coincidentally, Sacramento owns the um, better of those two picks. Um, and then I think um, the Hawks own uh, the two more favorable favorable picks in 2023 between Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. So you could send the most favorable of those three picks to. To them, so they would essentially be getting three second-round picks for taking on a position that they need uh, in Solomon Hill. Um, New Orleans would be upping their team because uh, Bazemore is way fucking better than Solomon Hill, and like better than Etwan Moore, who is currently, you know, who last season kind of played their starting small forward. Um, mm-hmm. Bazemore's bigger; he's stronger. He is a much better defender and just as good of a, a, a shooter and ball handler and scorer as each one more. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think that would definitely help them. And then as far as Atlanta, you're just getting expiring contracts. So you're, you're bringing up cap space next year. Um, but uh, real quickly, um, Joel, do you, do you, does that make sense to you? Do you think that's a, a viable uh, trade option for the, each of the three teams? I think anything that gives the the fucking Pelicans finally a small forward, I'm for, you know, in my opinion, because yeah. they need it. <laughs> they, I don't, their little three guard unit works. Uh, somehow it's been effective with Edson Moore playing the three, um, and I'm not gonna hate on it because it's been effective. But they do need to get a little bigger. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do go Solomon Hill, but he's just a what a con. See, that's one of those that we were just talking about it earlier, like those contracts you give and you regret. That was one of them. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. the Luol Deng trip one and the Mozgov one. There's a joke and no. There's a couple out there. He's one of them. I, have to say, I think that was all the same year, too. It's not ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm Yeah, it's just, he's just, he was one of those 
lesser ones. So he was like twelve point five yeah. million range. Whereas, you know, those right. other guys get those other contracts get more attention because they were in the eighteen, nineteen, twenty up to twenty two million range if you're Chandler fucking Parsons. <laughs> um but oh. uh <laughs> yeah. I'm never I'm never gonna not hate on Chandler Parsons. Like that's like Juwan has Kyle Lowry, I have Chandler Parsons. Like that, that's that's how it goes. Yeah. At least um, Lowry plays. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and at least Lowry's actually like good. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> despite what Juwan might say. Um right. but uh but nevertheless, uh Juwan, um you know, what did you think about that trade proposal? Do you think that makes sense for all three teams? Uh, yeah, definitely. And <clears throat> I agree with Joel. Pelican, I, I still to this day have no idea how the Pelicans have avoided not getting a legit small forward. It seems like in forever. <laughs> like, yeah. how is that just like the one constant position you're just like, you know what? No, we don't really even need it. Like no, you do that. Like <laughs> really? you really do. Go get it. Like what is wrong with you? Um, so oh. I definitely agree with Joel on that aspect. Because when you said that, Joel, I thought about. It. I was trying to think of like a really good small four that they've had in like past four or five years. I was just like, no, nope, no, can't really think they of one. Not, not, not <laughs> so. since Ariza. Since they lost Ariza, they never replaced. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that was a while ago. Because yeah, it's it crazy because so many small forwards have been on the market that they could have grabbed. And I'm just like, I what? How have you not tried to grab some of these guys? Um, but, yeah, I, I do like that. I did want to ask you, where did you say Shumpert was going again in this trade? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. Now, him going to Atlanta, would you see him getting uh, a good amount of playing time? Uh, reasonably. Um, I mean, I'll think, I, I think you would probably – I think you would probably want to give the playing time to your younger guys, but I mean, I think he would get some. I would expect him to get like twenty minutes a game. Okay, because I, I, I I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Shumpert, obviously from his Knicks roots. Um, so I just always like to see the best for for Shumpert. So if Georgia in your trade he goes somewhere, say it again, Joel. He went to Georgia Tech, so he's going back to yeah, Georgia. Yeah, he did go to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, there so you go. You're telling me he goes. Bring him he goes home. to Atlanta and he gets and he gets at least twenty minutes of playing time. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think while uh, Kevin Herter is is hurt as of now, um, we have uh, we have Tyler Dorsey and then of course DeAndre Bembry can play the two. Um, he's more of a three, but he can okay. play the two. So right. there, I I would expect at the very least Shumpers to get minutes early on in the season and then maybe get bought out. Who would you start? Um, and then. Who would you start? Who would I start? I would probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would probably if we made that trade, I would probably try to start Bembry and see how it worked. Um, but if if that didn't work out, I would give Dorsey a chance. Um, and you know, I would ultimately like want to give Kevin Herter a chance. I mean, we just drafted him number nineteen overall. Um, my last pick would be Shumper, just and not any knocking on Shumper. If you were asking me, like, who is the best shooting guard that we have on our team, it's definitely Amon Shumper. But like, I mean, ultimately, I think you would right. want to utilize him, and yeah, you, you want to develop your guys. Um, but I, I do, I would think it would be important to get him minutes. You know, like, 
um, you, you want your veterans to, to have a leadership quality, and if you're going to attain that from them, they need to get minutes. So maybe you would even start Shumpert. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then maybe you try to develop your other guy. Yeah, right. and exactly. then later on. Right, and then kind of work work the other guys into it. That, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. By the way, uh, Trevor Ariza has not played for the, the uh, uh, for New Orleans, and at the time they were the New Orleans Hornets since 2012. <laughs> 2012 Whoa. was the last time that New Orleans had a legitimate small forward. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. decent one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they could definitely use, and of course, Baysmore he, he plays the two now for Atlanta because we have Prince. But um, you know, he played the three um, before we got Prince and when we had Corver. So um, very, very equipped at playing either the two or the three. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it would be a, a trade that could benefit all parties considered. Uh, of course, the Hawks have to give up a couple seconds uh, to get it done. But God, we've accumulated so many picks at this point, like. I wouldn't mind giving up a couple seconds to get off of Bazemore's contract, honestly. Um, as long as they weren't our, our second-round picks. I wouldn't want to give up one of our second-round picks. There's a trade that just went down. Nothing mm. big, though. Really small trade. Because actually, I thought they released this dude, but I guess they're going to trade him instead. This guy's just getting jumped around. So right now, Abdel, Abdel Nader from the Celtics is getting traded to the Thunder for Rodney Purvis. And they just okay. got Rodney Purvis from the Magic? From the Magic. The Magic uh, and the Magic just got Dakari Johnson from them and traded Dakari Johnson to, to, Memphis. to Memphis, right, for right. J- Daryl Harrison or whatever. Daryl Martin, Martin, yes. Yeah. Right. So everybody's getting fucking <laughs> shipped around right now. It's a business. <laughs> it is a business. Nader's going to work well, though, I think, there. Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's Nader. interesting. Nader was the, he was decent. By the way, um, if I'm if I'm Sacramento, I'm getting on the phone and calling up OKC and being like, "What will you give me to take Kyle Singler off your hands?" Like, you know, like that just makes too much fucking sense. Like, Kyle Singler does nothing for that team. He's got, in the last year of his contract. It's about just under five million dollars. Like Sacramento has the cap space. But that five million dollars, as we know, because of like how much they save by you know trading out Mello, essentially they cut like I want to say um, what fifteen and a half uh, plus the maybe one point five, so that would be like Mark. seventeen. So they cut like eleven million dollars from their salary in that Mello deal, and they saved seventy five million dollars in luxury tax. Like I, I, they. How much would they save if they cut five, just straight up cut Singler's $5 million off their fucking salary? Like, fucking, I would be asking, I'd be, if I was any team with cap space, I would be calling them and saying, what you going to give me to take Singler off your hands and save you a bunch of money? For sure. Um, fucking Bloody Devox needs to pick up a goddamn telephone instead of trying to fucking overpay every goddamn free agent on the market, dude. Like, but he got his man, I, yo. He got Behelitsa. He got his man. All right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He overpaid for him, but sure, he got him. Um, and the only reason he got him was because the fucking Bulls were stupid enough to match the fucking Zach Levine contract. So, um, yeah. Oh, fucking dude. Oh, God, I feel so bad for, for Kings fans. By the way, also, 
Um, just a little side note before we move on to the next topic. If I'm the Kings, too, I'm, like, calling up the Lakers and being, like, I'll give you um, Zach Randolph and Costa Kufis, who are both expiring for Ibiza Zubats and Luol Deng, if you give me really – give me a package of picks around that or, or prospects, players, what have you. Yeah, like right. what what will you give me if I if I make that deal for you? Um, because like if you're Sacramento, you're not getting any fucking free agents. It's not gonna happen. So you might as well pick on Lou Albank's contract, get rid of a couple of your expiring contracts, and you know try to get some assets, man. You don't even own a first round pick next season. Like let's start there. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I want I want your first round pick next year, Lakers, unprotected. Like unprotected motherfuckers, like, um, right. and you know what else are you gonna give me to make this to make this happen? You know, um, yeah. I uh, I don't I don't know why. Maybe that conversation has happened, and they just don't think the Lakers are gonna give them enough. I don't know, but it, it's 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 weird to me that that Sacramento has kind of continuously tried to use their cap space to sign people instead of to take on bad contracts, which they have room for, and get point. assets in return for them. I don't, I don't get That's it. A very but, good point. Hey, yeah, I, don't get I it will either. say I will say, I'm happy that uh, they are not trying to do that because it leaves more assets for my team. So it's all good. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. We've got a few more topics. Uh, Michael Beasley, your boy, Jawan, uh, agreed to a one-year, $3.5 million contract with the L.A. Lakers. Um, this is a weird hodgepodge of fucking characters on this Lakers team. That's, that, and that is an understatement. Um, but, Jawan, what do you think about Beasley joining the Lakers? Um, well, as Joel can speak to, to this also, I thought Beasley did a really, really, really good job as a Nick. That's why I said he's uh, your boy. Um, I <laughs> I was I was a little heartbroken that we lost him. Um, but I mean, I listen, swear to God, it, it, at one point, at one point, Beasley had like a like a thirty-five point game or something, and like fucking, uh, it was when when it was when KP was hurt, but before he was out for the season, I think. And Beasley has like a, I think I want to say it was like a 38 point game against the Bucks. And Jawan, no doubt, fucking messages us, and he's like, six men of the year, right here." <laughs> I was just like, "Okay, Jawan, like let's let him." Yeah, and then I think the next game, the next game, KP came back and he played like 15 minutes, like you know. Like. Yeah, you guys, you guys know I live very much in the moment, but um, yeah, no, I was, I, I was very impressed with um with the the season that Beasley had. Only issue is is. Actually, the point you just brought up was Beasley could go from having just, like, a game to where you're like, man, how is this guy not, like, starting every day? So, like, the next game, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's why he doesn't <laughs> start every game. So, him going to a team with LeBron helps a lot um, because he won't at no at any point will Beasley need to average 30 points per game like we right. desperately needed him to do. When KP went down, so I mean, it's he put himself in a situation to where uh, he's definitely going uh, gonna help that team win games. 
and everyone's talking about the personalities on this team. I'm going to be completely honest with you. JaVale McGee won a ring. Rondo won a ring. Stevenson desperately wants a ring. I'm pretty sure Michael Beasley wants a ring. All these guys are going to fit in uh, and do their, their individual part uh, to, to help this team win. I do not think there will be any issues. Uh, and if they are, you know the GM, LeBron, will have them traded. But I, I highly doubt it. I, I kind of feel like these guys are going to become best of friends. Uh, and I never thought I'd see the day where Rondo and LeBron could potentially be best of friends. But the day is here. Um, but I, I really like this move for the Lakers. And it's a one-year deal, so it's like if it works out and they can get to the finals, it works. If they can't, doesn't matter. He's, he's, he might be going next year anyway. So, good move. I still want that tweet from Ray Allen, man. I just I, I want Ray Allen to fucking call out Rondo on this one. Like, please, Ray Allen, <laughs> if you're listening, fucking do it, bro. Like, uh, I think this is the second time I brought this up on on one of our shows. Like, I need it. I need that tweet, man. Just just like call him out, please. Um, but anyway, um, Joel, do you, do you kind of see it the same way that Juwan does? Um, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm torn on it, honestly. But but your thoughts before I get into why I'm torn. Uh, I I I'm gonna miss him. I, I liked him. He was a walking bucket for a long time. At least the first half of the season, he was a very 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 good score for us off the bench. Uh, and then in the second half, when he actually became the starter, he stopped. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but um, He stopped going against second was, units. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. So, so, yeah, so that happened. So I felt um, it's that he's not a bad option off the bench, and that's what he's going to be in L.A. He'll be a nice scoring option off the bench as a second unit guy. He's another headache. I'll give you that. I'm not sure this is the best uh, assortment of players ever assembled. They're going to definitely be the most annoying team in the league. I have no doubt about it. Yes. They're going to bother the shit out of everybody. Between Lance, yeah. what, Lance uh, Stevenson, Rondo, Beasley, McGee, <laughs> LeBron's going to have a headache every game, but he's going to have fun doing it <laughs> at the very least. Um, I, it's going to yeah. be fun to watch. They're going to be they're going to be a show again, that's for sure. A circus, but a show nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be a, a very much a circus. I mean, that is that's definitely uh, that's definitely a way to put it. Um, my biggest thing with Beasley is I don't like I don't I still don't know exactly how you you construct this lineup, um, like how you tie it all together. It still baffles me that they signed Contavious Caldwell Pope in lieu of of keeping Julius Randle. Like, mm-hmm. why not? And, like, I just don't get why you don't take that $12 million that you gave to him and, and re-sign Julius Randle. Um, now, of course, there was um, a, a lot of different rumors about he didn't want to return to L.A., yada, 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 and maybe that's the case. But, um, but you know, ultimately, I feel like if you offer him more money than what New Orleans was offering him, like, they gave him $9 million, you give him $12 million, <laughs> like, I, I think he probably would have stayed. Um, but nevertheless, uh, as far as how Beasley fits in, like, I mean, I feel like you 
probably have Kuzma coming off the bench as like a six man as of right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Really? Um, like, I mean, maybe who do you have starting. I'm curious now. I, I, see, if if I were to construct a starting lineup, because I would still be invested in in trying to, at least at the beginning of the season, trying to uh, to get my young guys to to see what what they can achieve with LeBron. And, you know, as it doesn't work out with any particular thing, I would be putting in veterans uh, for and in, in testing out new lineups. But to start the season, I would want Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, LeBron James, um, and I guess JaVale McGee, maybe Avicii Zubat. But, man, he hasn't been impressive since the tail end of his first season. Um so probably yeah, develop me he which is so sad to say, yeah. like um I know like that he's your starting center. That's the thing, man. That's why I hate like that's why I hate that you have fucking like Randall instead like or that you don't have Randall. Because, like the thing is if you had Randall, you could run out a starting lineup of Lonzo, Ingram at the two, LeBron, Kuzma and Randall, and then your bench would be Rondo Hart, um, uh, Lance, uh, Michael Beasley, and then JaVel McGee. Like, that's that's, right. that's a team I can buy into. Like, I'm just very concerned. Well, uh, I, I think Pope is superfluous on this team. Um, I don't think he's needed at all. I wouldn't put him in my starting lineup. I would have Ingram, either Ingram and Kuzma start, or I w- and then LeBron as a three, or I would have Josh Hart. The reason I would have Kuzma coming off the bench instead of Josh Hart because Josh Hart seems more like a – he would thrive more as like a fourth or fifth guy, whereas Kuzma would thrive more as like your go-to guy off the bench, um, like your go-to six-man scorer type because um, he, he showed spurts of being able to all, take over games offensively last year. And if you put him going up against second units, he's going to get massive buckets. Um, so I don't know. That's – that's my thought on it, but I mean, obviously, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna toy with the lineup all season, so it's gonna be it'll be weird to see. But I I just think Beasley, any minutes that he would get, I would I would probably want to give to Kuzma, like so. Maybe I'm not seeing it. Maybe maybe Kuzma's gonna start, and they'll have Beasley backing him up, and Caldwell Pope going to get more minutes than I think he should get. I don't know. Uh, who, who fucking knows? But Well, um, you don't sign him to sit him. <laughs> That's all right. I mean. Yeah, exactly. You, you Very well put. You don't sign him to sit him. But it, still, it seems that's definitely the weirdest signing. Out of all of their signings, to me, that was the weirdest yeah. one. I don't um, disagree with you there. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Beasley, I mean, I just don't see how he gets the minutes on this team, but I mean, again, just like you said, Joel, you, you, you don't sign him not to play him. So, um, or what you said, you don't sign him to sit him. That 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 has a right. better ring to it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming they'll they'll find a way to get him minutes. It'll be interesting to see how. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he he can score the fucking rock, especially give him second units. So we'll see. I just would rather that be Beasley if I was constructing this lineup, but you know, I feel like they're probably trying to get a lot of various pieces to test around their core, their young core and LeBron, and see what sticks, like 
what works, what doesn't work. So they're just getting a bunch of various different different types of guys, and, and they're going to, you know, try throughout the season to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, and in that respect, I can I can say that that makes sense to me. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Montrez Harrell agreed to a two-year, $12 million deal to remain with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, he really came on at the tail end of last season um, after the Griffin trade. I like this guy. He is super high energy player. He's only like six foot eight and he plays center. Like um mostly. Like I mean he can play a little power forward, but he's mostly a center. He kinda like it reminds me um of kinda like a splash between um just as far as his like rebounding, the way he, he rebounds the basketball of like Barkley and Rodman to a lesser extent. I mean he's not as good as those guys. But like the way he utilizes Fareed. his smaller body to, reminds me of. you know, yeah, to, to block out and 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 or box out and 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 be able to go up and position himself uh, to get these boards. Um, mm-hmm. He's really impressive. I like him a lot. I think to I think a six million dollar a year deal. Um, it, it, I think he I think he's earned that. I really do. I think uh, I think he's well worth that. Um, I uh I wouldn't want to give him any more than that, but I think I think they found the right number um there with him and I'm glad they ended up bringing him back because I think especially with Gortat being older, I think you could see him getting even more minutes um this season uh and, and possibly taking over as as the starting center unless you're going up against, you know, like a Joel Embiid or, or somebody like that who um right. is going to like obliterate you inside if if you you know are, are six foot eight, but right. But I do like the signing. I really like the player, and I think it's a a good move for the Clippers um, to bring this guy back and at a, at a reasonable price. Uh, Joel, what did you think about uh, Harold remaining with the Clippers for two years, twelve million? I didn't hate it. Um, I thought he probably could have been utilized somewhere else a little better, but I guess we wanted to stay in LA and I think they wanted to bring him back. Uh he could definitely be a starter there if he they worked up to it because I think it's the 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 opportunity's there. Montrezel, like you said, he's just like a small ball center. He's a big. He's yeah. a small big <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um mm-hmm. but that's what he is. He's a high energy, defensive minded rebounder. And that's everybody needs that type of player. And he's that he's the big version of that. And I think he's going to work out. Well, he was good there last year. He'll be good again this year for them. Because you can always depend on at least rebounding from that dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I didn't really think about it, but you said you think he could have worked out in some other places a little better. It, it just, For whatever reason, it just popped in my head. Um, I think he'd be great in Minnesota playing next to Cat. Like, because, you know, Cat's got yeah. that kind of, like, he can spread the floor. So, like, you're not necessarily worried about um, Harold not being able to spread the floor because you got a center who shoots over 40% from three. And, you know, one right. of the one of the things that kind of hangs over Cat is that, you know, he's not physical enough. He's a little too soft. Like, Harold, like, he's the kind of guy who will get in there and, like, fucking bang and, and, and you know, play tough and – that's right. probably the kind of guy that you want around him, and 
And I know they brought in Taj Gibson to kind of be that, but Gibson's just he's 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 over the hill at this point. Like he's still a viable NBA player. I just don't know. No. He, he's he's not there for your future. And I think a guy like Carroll um, could be exactly the kind of complimentary player that Carl uh, Anthony Towns um, could really use next to him. So, so basically, what I'm saying is, uh, look out for uh, a, a, a trade. Uh, in which they pick up Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and send back uh, somebody and a, a first round pick. That's that's going to happen. Mark my words. Um, but uh, anyway, Jawan, uh, what do you think about Harrell signing, uh, re-signing with the Clippers? Um, I'm somewhat indifferent about it. I mean, I thought he was a good player for the the Clippers. Uh, I thought it was a good move for them keeping him. Uh, but I do really, really, really like the. The idea that you gave of him playing next to Cat, because uh, I feel as though the more dogs you surround Cat with, uh, hopefully the, the better chance you get him to become a dog. Uh, and I think that's what bothers Jimmy Butler. It's just like I need I need to play with dogs. Like I'm a dog, and you guys are just playing like puppies out here. Uh, and I need more like dog out of you. And I think more, more guys more surrounding. Baby. Uh, right, yeah, more guys like that surrounding. Cat can only do good. I would assume can only do good for him. It'll either make him or break him. Um, so I, I don't hate that at all. Uh, but I, I mean, him him staying with the Clippers. I told you how I felt about the Clippers last year. I kind of feel same, the same exact way uh, this upcoming year, <laughs> to where um, you probably won't have guys be healthy and you won't make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, at least they have Tobias. Harris now instead of Blake Griffin. I think that kind of helps as far as the That is a really good point. Thing <laughs> it does help that Tobias um, doesn't have injury issues. So, yeah, that does help. Exactly. And they got Boban. <laughs> so, that's cool. Boban. Um, Boban. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, oh, shit. I was, I, you told, oh, uh, this is why I didn't remember it at first because it's it, it's utterly superfluous and I probably shouldn't even bring it up. But your your whole rant reminded me of the uh, the Coastal Carolina coach who went viral talking about his players being like, I don't need all these players being all cats like and meow meow meow. I need dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I, don't. I hope you do. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, dude, it's fucking hilarious. I'm going to send it to both of you as soon as we get done with this podcast because it's <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. Uh, but anyway, I hope at least a few of our listeners out there know what I'm talking about. If not, just look up um, Coastal Carolina Coach Rant uh, Dogs, and I'm sure it'll pop right up. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, after spurning the Philadelphia 76ers, Nemanja Bielitsa agreed to a three-year, $20.5 million deal with the Sacramento Kings. First of all, there's some shady shit right here, man. He fucking agreed with Philly and then said he was going to go play overseas. And then Sacramento swoops in and gets him. Like, nah, dude. Like, I don't mind. Like, just hear me out on this. I don't mind 
that he changed his mind because Sacramento came and made him a better offer. But don't pull this bullshit like, I think I'm going to go play overseas, Philly, but thank you for the offer. And then Sacramento, like, nah, dude. Sacramento came to you and fucking said, hey, we'll pay you more money. And you were like, fuck you. And cool. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. But don't try to fucking pull this fucking overseas bullshit and whatnot, and then, oh, well, when I decided to go overseas, then Sacramento came in and made the offer. Ah, fuck you, Bielitsa, you fucking liar. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's not how it happened. Like, just be honest about it. But anyway, obviously, it makes way more sense for him to take that contract offer. The Sixers were only offering, I think, one year, like $4.4 million, as, as I recall. Um, maybe 5.4, but I think it was 4.4. And, uh, and, and, you know, this is not only more money per year by what, like two and a half million dollars, but it's also a three year contract. And I believe it's all guaranteed. I'm not positive on that though. Um, but nevertheless, much better contract for him, um, makes absolute sense for him to take this deal. And with, them having acquired Wilson Chandler, it was probably going to cut into his minutes with Philly. So, understandably, like, you know, he he probably was less excited about playing in Philly after after that transaction happened. Um, but anyway, uh, Joel, what do you think about him joining uh, the Kings? And you know. <laughs> I guess <laughs> fucking he, he's gonna get paid, but he does have to play for the Sacramento Kings. So <laughs> there is there is a, a little bit of a, a I don't know humor in this situation. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. Um, <laughs> Namanha Bedisa, the man who chose uh, Sacramento over Philadelphia. Not many people do that. Not many people would do that. Why would they do that? Obviously, it's the money. Uh, he, he look. He was upset. He felt like he was under underused, underappreciated in Minnesota. Which you know, basically, he was really he was the man in Europe, bro. I think he was a Euroleague MVP. He was a champ over there. He came over here to make a difference, and he, he, they relegated him to the bench in Minnesota for the last three or four years. He even he got some burn last year. He even got some starts last year. So they a little they gave him a little more credence, you know, credence last season, but um, he was kind of done. He was gonna try to sign again this year, and go to Philly, and then he's like, Nah, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to Europe. I like it there. I could probably do better there. But then something miraculous happened. Vadi Divac, his Serbian friend, <laughs> said, no, 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 don't go there. It's better off stay here. I can use someone like you. I'll pay you even more. Well, I know what you can do. He might even start there. I don't know for sure if that's the case, but it's possible he may even start in Sacramento. Um, for what they're paying, and they might as well start some motherfuckers. So, it looks good for him. Um, I'm happy for him. I hope it works out because Sacramento can definitely use it. They've had success with European guys in the past. Why not? Peja. He do. Peja. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like I like Soyakovich and Turgulu. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel feel like that about Bielitsa. Um But we'll see. I mean, you never know. Um, I, I definitely, you know, like, I was always a Stoyakovich fan, but I, I didn't, like, Turgulu kind of came out of nowhere. 
Oh, and what was that other yeah. guy they had? They had um, uh, a big um, who was, uh, I want to say he was Turkish. Um, oh, other than I'm not remember. Yeah, it was, it was uh, I think it was after Vlade. Um, but, um, oh, no, man. I think I'm, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm, I think he actually, uh, played for the Jazz, uh, Omet, uh, Okur. Ostertag? Uh, no, not Ostertag. He's a Jazz. jazz. Yeah, Mehmet Okur. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he played for the Jazz? Yeah, he was kind of for the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, never mind. Not a Kings player. My bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Jawan, your thoughts on uh, the elites of spurning the uh, the Sixers in favor of the Kings, but all the meanwhile getting a lot more money and, like Joel said, potentially getting a starting job. Uh, do you think you made the right decision? Uh, well, I'm going to second Joel. He better start. Uh, or I'm going to have a huge <laughs> issue. He better start over there. Um, That's a good point. But as far as – uh, I will say this, uh, that screams to me, him saying it was it was 100% more about the money than it was uh, actually winning basketball games because you left a team that would finish at worst third in the East to go to a yeah. team that won't even be even remotely close to being in any kind of winning situation. So it was purely yeah. uh Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, no, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying something, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm nope. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I look at it and I go, I wish players were just more honest. I wish he came out and said, you know what? For whatever reason, I did not want to play for the Sixers anymore. Uh, so much so, I, I would be willing to go overseas. <laughs> and then it's like when someone came and offered him more money, he was like, you know what? Well, I'm not going to pass up the money. So, yeah, sure, I'll go to the Kings. But to me, it's like when you when you try to do things like say, you know, no, I think the Kings are a better situation. I think blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you're obviously lying. You didn't want to play in Philly for whatever reason, and you thought it was better to take the money than to win basketball games, which I'm not judging uh, at all. Yep. It's completely fine. I um, think it's rolling money. What I think. Yeah, listen, man, listen. If if money is, is what's more important than winning basketball games, by all means, go ahead, man. Um, but I love it. I mean, this screams like the DeAndre situation, even though I think the DeAndre one was a billion times worse. Um, I just I yeah. really love this player. that, man. I, well, no, I mean, it was worse in the sense of you gave them your word. You had Mark Cuban super excited for uh for DeAndre to be in Dallas, and then it was just like, yeah. Remember that commitment then, that I gave you? Yeah, And then no, they signed I'm him sorry. this year anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's like, it, it paid off. I got you somehow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just wish he was more honest about the fact that he didn't like it in Philly for whatever reason. Yeah. And didn't put on a whole fucking charade of I'm going to go play Euro basketball and take less money to go play in Europe when it was the fucking opposite. No, you're not. You're taking more money to go play in Sacramento, <laughs> which probably isn't as good as the European team you were going to go play for. So, like, just, yeah, just be honest, bro. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. Um, oh, yeah. uh, moving on. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, Please. to no surprise, signed a one-year $5 million deal to remain with 
the Mavericks, which is strange. I thought his opt-in was $5 million, but maybe he didn't have an opt-in. Maybe that was his opt-in from last year, and maybe he opted in last year. I don't know. But um, but he's, he, it seems like he's been taking these $5 million deals to stay um, – to stay with the Mavs for at least the last two seasons, maybe three seasons. And, you know, like, he, he's kind of worthless at this point, which I hate to say because I love Dirk Nowitzki, um, one of my favorite basketball players, uh, especially of that era. And the fact that uh, he was able to um, lead a team that could beat a LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, like, badass fucking super team. I don't care what LeBron says of the fucking super team. Uh, like, the fact that he was able to lead essentially like old, old, savvy, uh, former all-stars and, you know, just just savvy veteran players and, and solid role players um, and beat and take down that team is still, it, it's one of the fondest memories I have of an NBA Finals where I absolutely had no horse in the race. Um, I thought it was awesome, uh, but nevertheless, he's he's washed, man. He, he 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 can't really do it anymore. They were trying to play him at center last year, and it just that wasn't really working. I don't know why you would try to play him at center. Just just play him at the four. Like I know he can't guard fours, but like or he can't guard all fours, but he definitely can't guard fucking centers. And he can't f- fucking play defense as a center. Like, at least stretch fours in today's NBA, like, get by with the least amount of defensive effort um, as far as any position on the court. Like, you, you got – I'm hoping – I'm very much hoping that uh, we see him move back to primarily the four this year now that they got Jordan. Um, and then we see, of course uh, – um, a backcourt of Smith and Doncic and then Barnes at the three. Um, I think that lineup has some potential to at least be exciting, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And then just whatever you can come up with off your bench because it's it's relatively thin. But uh, anyway, um, Joel, uh, are you excited to have Dirk returning again for uh, another season with the Mavs? I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's coming. Like he, he has the legs to keep doing it. You know, I'm proud of him. Uh, if he right. feels like he can do it, then do it. I'm not going to tell him not to. But at this point, I have to imagine this is probably his final hurrah. I mean, that's why I think they're they're even putting the efforts to make it to try to be competitive this season. It's for him. Right. They signed him for the yeah. year for five million dollars. You know, let's try. And they got DeAndre Jordan. Why waste the money on DeAndre Jordan if you're going to fucking you know, if you're rebuilding, it makes no sense. So, the Dirk's last hurrah, he gets to play with Jordan. He has a nice look. He got a couple of young pieces to go with it with Harrison Barnes, Dennis Sr., Luka Doncic. I like that starting five at the very least. You know, you still have J.J. Uh, JJ Bray off the bench uh, and yeah. a couple other Wesley John, players. Or Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews, that's right. Um, and, and a couple of Dwight uh, Powell in them. Um, Dwight Powell, Daryl yeah. Finney-Smith has shown signs of, of decent basketball uh, at right. three. So, so, you know. Yeah, they, they got something something there. So, yeah, good luck, Dirk. I know I, I look, I, I still have him starting at the four. You start the man until he can't move anymore, in my opinion. Let the man retire 
starting at his job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, (laughs) especially I I agree in the sense of I feel like you're right. They're doing this for him, Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they're going to give it their best shot this season, Um, and then when he retires, they're not going to bring that DeAndre Jordan. They're probably going to trade Harrison Barnes and go into full rebuild around Doncic and uh, and Smith, which makes sense. That's honestly what they should be doing now. Um, But uh, but hey, you know you don't own your pick next season. Uh, Obviously, that's going to the Hawks in the Doncic trade. So you might as well try to be as competitive as possible next season. Then Dirk Mm -hmm. can retire. You can let DeAndre go wherever DeAndre wants to go and trade Harrison Barnes for whatever you can get and, you know, start to rebuild. you got two awesome guys to start it around. And you know what's funny, though? I thought about this the other day um, really quick before I pass it to Juwan. Um, I think (laughs) – because you all know how much I've said that I would love to see Doncic and Nilekina play together. I think it's funny that – that I, I still I still stand by that. I think long term they would be a much better fit together than Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. Um, but Dennis Smith Jr. would be way better for the Knicks as their team is constructed now than Nilikina. Um, I, I I it's not gonna happen. But I would love it if if we got a trade if we got that trade somehow some way whatever whatever had to be fit in there to make it work. Um, because, like, God, I, I just think Nilekina's defensive uh, capabilities and the fact that he can play on and off the ball, um, whereas Dennis Jr. is more totally on-ball point guard. Like, I, I wonder how that's going to fit with Doncic, who likes to have the ball in his hands as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic and how it works out um, for them in, in Dallas. Um, but anyway, it was just a kind of a fleeting thought I had the other day. Um, okay. But uh, Juwan, uh, sorry, Joel. No, I said I got you. Yeah, like it just, it, it, I don't know, just kind of makes sense to me. Uh, but Juwan, um, wh- what are your thoughts on, on Dirk resigning with Dallas? And do you kind of see it like Joel and me, like he should probably be your starter for one more season and, you know, probably tear it down and rebuild after this season, you know, and just let the cards fall where they may, and then, you know, he retires at the end of this year. Yes. Yes, I do agree with Joel in that sense. Uh, I also think that um, when Dirk does retire, uh, the level of commitment that he gave this team, never once complaining about it, never once saying anything bad about the organization, he definitely needs a statue uh, out there. Oh, yeah. And he definitely deserves a, a ma- not a management, but a uh, a position somewhere in that organization so he's set yeah. for life because he has not only uh, sacrificed a lot, but he's also sat through, especially after their championship year, he sat through some really bad Mavericks teams. Um, so yeah. it's like yeah. they, they, you, you owe this guy. And, uh, Nick, I don't know if you remember, I want to say it was two or three years ago, like as the Warriors were starting to – to become like this huge franchise. There were talks that the the Warriors were interested in possibly going after Dirk. The fact that yeah, Dirk did not that. jump on that, the fact that he did not jump all over that just to go get another ring 
shows you how committed he was to that franchise. And I'm saying a statue at least, at best, he definitely deserves a position somewhere in that organization that has him set for life. But to the um, the really quickly, the trade that you were saying, I would only do that if the Mavericks are willing to take off Courtney Lee and Joakim Noah. Then, yes, you can have <laughs> Nilakina, and I will take back Dennis. <laughs> no, you're so ridiculous. It's oh, God. Joel, I feel bad that I've accused you of overvaluing your players. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, you should be fucking thrilled at the prospect of just getting Dennis Smith Jr. for Frank Nilakina at this point. And, and not, not a knock against Frank. Like, I, I still – Frank was the second youngest player in the NBA last year. Like he, I still mm-hmm. think he's got a lot of potential. I still think he's going to be a, a really solid NBA player. But, um, but I mean, let, let's, so. let's let's be honest. <laughs> you, as of right now, unless um, we'll say, uh, I, I still I'm crossing my fingers on Moutier. I still think with the right kind of coaching and system in place, he he could end up wowing a lot of people this season. But mm-hmm. short of that, like you have, you don't have a like. Frank doesn't seem like a traditional point guard, um, and you know. Well, the the way Fizz talked about him was he he loves length. So the idea of having a lineup defensively with all that length, sure. he really enjoys that. And Fizzville is somewhat of a defensive-minded guy. So Nilakina just seems like the kind of guy that's right up his alley. If Hornacek was still our coach, I'd 100% agree with you because it seemed at points of that season the Hornacek had no idea what to do with Nilakina as far as lineup-wise, where to put him, where to get him in good position. He had no where idea what be, to do like, with anybody lineup-wise. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree <laughs> with you on that. But I will say this, Nick, if Fizdale can't get Nilakina right in his second year, then if you're telling me the Mavericks make that offer, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, but I do want to see what Fizdale can do with Nilakina, especially because of what he said about him and the fact that uh, he's a defensive-minded kind of guy. So I think he can make it work sure. with uh, with Frank. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I hope mean. so, man. Yeah, man. I like Frank a lot, man. But I need to see it. I need to see it this season. Like, um, I, if anything, the Knicks got lucky this this uh this draft, and they probably got two really good players. To kind of make up yeah. for last year, if if Frank didn't work, it doesn't work out, you know. We but I don't want him to not work out. I do want him to be something. At the very least, if he could be a good wing that could just because at the very least he's going to be a good defender in this league. Uh, if he could be that a three and D guy down the line, I guess I'll accept that. That would be under it'd be below expectations, but at least if he could be a, a valuable three and D guy off the bench, that's that's something at least. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, but see, I'm I'm just saying, like, as far as fit, um, I think he would fit much better next to Doncic. And as far as fit, given that you, you know, with your with the young core of people that you've just drafted, and we'll we'll throw KP six into there because obviously he's undoubtedly a part of your guys' future. So you got Knox, you right. got KP, you got um, you got Robinson. Like, I think a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. fits those guys better than, say, Frank Nilekina. That's that's, all, that's my that, only point. I think that'd I definitely think be fit, an interesting squad to see run around together, that, for sure. <laughs> yes. 
yes, and that that is ultimately my point. Um, I do not think Dallas would make that trade in a million years, though. So I think it's a move. Oh point. no, not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, and and fuck. Nevertheless, goddamn, if Jawan was the GM, they'd never call you back for a fucking trade in the history of fucking basketball, Jawan. <laughs> listen, <laughs> like, listen. They're like, He's 19. they're like, goddamn, and Phil Jackson Nick. was, and Phil Jackson Nick. was wanting to fucking. Wanting us to give up our whole goddamn team for, uh, you know, to get Kristaps. Like, this motherfucker wants us to take on every single bad contract on his fucking roster listen, <laughs> in order listen. for us to get Frank Delacina. And we're giving you back Dennis Smith Jr. Like, fuck you. He's 19. <laughs> All I'm saying is for me to give up on a guy that I drafted only a year ago, even though it's for Dennis Smith Jr., I'm not knocking Dennis Smith Jr. at all. <laughs> but it's like one, I got to give him a chance. I, I got to give Frank this? a chance. Because yeah. I have to give Frank a chance. Like, I can't just, okay, he wasn't well, a plus. Same people. But I'm saying, if I'm going to trade that. him, cool. if I'm going to yeah. trade him, you are most definitely at least taking either Courtney Lee or preferably Joakim Noah if I'm making that trade. One of them, if not both. But preferably uh, no. I would probably, I would probably take, take Courtney move. Lee if you take back Wes Matthews. You West know Matthews how much I would love to do that. Might as well just keep fucking court newly. <laughs> well, but West Matthews Nick, has you, an expiring contract, so there is that. You know how much I want oh, Wesley I Matthews, Nick. You know yeah, that, Nick. So you, you know go. I want Wesley Matthews, so I'm fine it, with that. This is, God, this is like we're 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 playing couch GM, and this is such a moot fucking point because this is never going to happen. <laughs> it was a fleeting fucking thought, guys. Jesus. Um, Joel, I know you oh, get God. it, but anyway. <laughs> I do. Uh, but, anyways, that's gonna wrap up tonight's show. Uh, another fun show. We uh, we had some very good debates with some less than um, thrilling topics, if you will. Uh, we had to we had to delve into we had to delve deep into um, uh, some various signings. Luckily, um, a lot of these signings uh, had to do with uh, either guys on our respective signing with our respective teams or guys who used to play for our respective teams. So it, it added uh, an extra element of, of, of our knowledge for these guys. Uh, but anyway, um, great show, guys. Uh, Jawan, uh, you want to give us uh, a little rundown for what we got coming up this week? Yes, I'm really glad that you passed it to me for that because tomorrow me and Kanan will be interviewing the director of the fan film Uncharted. With Nathan Fillion, we will be talking nice. to the director of that. Uh, and uh, Wednesday, uh, one of our writers will be interviewing one of the stars of the newest Purge film. So those are the interviews that we have uh, for the week. And then you know to stay tuned for Wrestling Geeks Alliance when we come back for Full Court Press, uh, Top Ten, and then, of course, Geek Vibes Live. Wow, that's awesome. Dude, I can't wait to hear that interview. Like... <laughs> that shit, yeah. dude. I, first of all, I fucking love Nathan Philly and, and Uncharted. That was is, great. It's fucking man. awesome. Let's let, we're we're all crossing our fingers that some some studio out there is fucking smart enough to be like, yes, let's fucking make this uh, because it, it it needs to be made. It needs to be made, America. Um, but yeah. anyway, great show, Hell guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as as Juwan said. Uh, Check out all of the stuff we got coming down the pipe this week. It's really exciting. And uh, we'll see you Thursday night 
Uh, we're shooting for 8 o'clock now, when we can. Uh, sometimes it'll be 8.30, sometimes it'll be 9. Uh, but we're going to be shooting for 8 because my ass has to get up at 6 a.m. Uh, every morning now, and fucking 8 o'clock works a lot better for me. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on Thursday. Until then, peace. Peace. Peace.